will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. Not Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look, which is proudly sponsored by Tender Touch, a friendly touch for a convenient price, and also <laughs> sponsored by Chatty Food Court, a place where the elite with small feet meet to eat. I am Kangaroo Ferrer. First up, we have Carlton's chief accountant and the master and originator of the brown paper bag. Welcome, Le Grill. Good evening. Oh yeah, that's a fine look at oh! Okay, no big deal. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, stupid Lisa! <laughs> she got a bit old fast. Cement trying! Alright, let's see. Uh, English side ruined. Must use French instructions. Le Grill! What the hell is that? Oh, give me, give, uh, yeah, he's done. Good to have you on. Next up is Batman's and the Filth Wizard's arch nemesis, the Quiffstop. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, Quiff. And finally, we have the mastermind behind the Dusty to North move. We have Philly Roo. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Good to have you on, as always. So first up, as always, we have Word Association. So I'll be running it this week for the first or second time. So who wants to go first? Don't make me choose, guys. First. <laughs> oh, who is that? Sorry. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's, the, it's oh, no. the, the Dusty, oh, dusty Fiend. The Dusty Fiend, all right. First word. Dusty. Delicious. Ralph Carr. Uh, North fan. <laughs> Who's been to more North Melbourne games this year than me? <laughs> <laughs> Richmond Big Footy Board. Uh, entertaining. Also. <laughs> Josh Kelly. Um, uh, amazing. Right, final but one. But I'm only hopeful. What was the last one, Carlton? Yes. <laughs> um, those noises aren't mine, by the way. I don't know where those are. <laughs> right. so, sorry, what was your answer to Carlton? Carlton was pathetic. Yeah, that's why I coughed. That was mid-drink. <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't awkward at all. Oh, I apologize the science. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Who's next? So lucky him. Richmond. Hate. Cunnington. Fend off. Trent Cotchin. Wind. Ben Jacobs. Tiger. Andrew Swallow. Serviceable. Thanks for that. And Le Grill, St Kilda. Barclay Street. <laughs> Kim Doofy. Wood. Wolves. <laughs> Freaky. <laughs> Lockie Hansen. Cuddle. And Essendon. Disgusting. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks for that, gentlemen. I know it was a bit awkward in terms of background noise. I apologise. Sorry. 
What, what 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 word did you say for Kim Doocy? Wood. Can you can you please can you please explain your answer? I would. <laughs> you, would you would. You would. Do you know who Kim Doocy is? Yes, I know who she is. Oh my god. Right, yeah, let's move. Yeah, I'm a bit afraid where this is going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now for something a little more serious, as Monty Python would say. So, class issues of the last few weeks. The, um, what is that background noise? That is horrible. The first issue... Cooper, my kids. No, nah, there's another noise, but anyway. The first issue is that of Chris Yaron and his confession that he's suffering from the drug ice... And Richmond were not told about Yaron's addiction due to previous or privacy elements of the AFL's illicit drug policy, despite the AFL having received a positive strike from a hair sample before Yaron even went to Richmond. Therefore, he didn't have any help from the club because of this privacy issue. So it must be noted, however, that the AFL did put Yaron on a management plan, but react rather slightly to the situation as they always do. So the AFL has basically said, and the Players Association has stated that drug addiction and habits are part of the private area. Is the AFL's stance on the issue the best thing for those suffering from drug addiction? The AFL, the grill. Uh, look, the AFL need. Um, they talk a big game in terms of being all for the players. You know, player welfare, all that kind of stuff. They have missed the mark here. I um I think that, that you know if a player goes to another club, there's going to be an expectation on the player from the supporters of the club, from the club themselves, that they're going to be in a position to at least perform. Now it's really sad that Chris has suffered from this affliction because addiction is not a laughing matter and it's not a choice in a lot of cases. Um, I can't get behind the fact that there was information withheld about Chris and the team has, you know, given a draft pick or given a couple of draft picks to, to recruit that player. I think it's come at a time where... The AFL is starting to break the stigma of mental illness, which is really great. Why not the same with any of the drug addictions? I think the football-following public would be a lot more receptive if they, if instead of covering it up, they went, player X is having an issue with drugs and will be undertaking rehabilitation. Yeah. Well, but at the moment... Oh, Go, go. Oh, sorry, I was interrupting you. It must be noted, too, that Carlton weren't even aware of this when they were making the trade. It happened during that off-season. Off that's when it originated. No, and, and, and that's fine. Like, it's not necessarily a Carlton. I'm not saying that Carlton turned around and did the dirty on, on Richmond in this case, but... I think a lot of these deals have to be done in good faith. I mean, if you don't have that... You, I think the integrity of the whole sport goes to shit. And I think the AFL need to do a little less talking and a little more action 
and I didn't really want to quote the um, the Elvis song, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's true. Like the AFL need to stand. They they actually as a as a sporting organisation have the really big opportunity to be a groundbreaker in world sport by going, okay, this player is suffering from an affliction. We are going to ensure that he has every avenue available to him to get him to shake it. I mean, there's no point doing it when the player's retired and been out the game for 10 years because the habit's set. Attack the issue once it's apparent. Do the right thing. Make sure that you've done everything you can. If you know that somebody is dealing with these kind of substances, that they have every help available to them. Otherwise, we're just going to be like every other sport in the world that just chews up players and spits them out. And that would be a real shame. And if they they did that, it'd be worthy of them talking up player welfare. Yep. Well, it's interesting with this. It just appears to me once again of simply this policy of not telling the clubs and the AFL kind of putting him on a management plan, which is what they did eventually. But it seems to me that they're focusing on this idea of control, that they're trying to control the situation as much as they can. It's a, almost an image type thing that, oh, we'll just keep it nice and quiet, like Buddy's thing, because we all know Buddy was on the gear. Come on, let's be serious here. <laughs> but really, we need to have this discussion of with drug addiction habits, should be should it be a private thing? Are players entitled to that degree of privacy? I think... So, yeah. I think you can always try to keep it as private as the person affected wants to keep it. But in terms of covering up and doing everything possible to cover it up, there needs to be a a line where you've got to go, okay, this player needs the help, and you give them hardcore rehabilitation. I'm not talking about education. I'm talking about complete rehabilitation for these people because whether it be booze, sex, drugs, whatever your vice is, if you're addicted to it, you need that help. And it just seems to me from the AFL's point of view that it's all about PR. Take the hit because ultimately if somebody comes out with all these issues, as wish as has been shown through this whole season with a lot of players coming out with mental health issues, the public will get behind a player if they've come out this with an affliction. People people are generally forgiving first and look for the scandal after. And I think <clears throat> The AFL have got to be a little less worried about the image and a little bit more worried about the people that are coming in and out of their system. Mm, that's interesting. Anything to add, Quiv or Philly? You go, Quiv. 
No, I've, I've got nothing to add to that. I think uh, the grill covered pretty much everything. Yeah, look, I, I don't want to. I don't want to turn this whole show into a into the Chris Yaron thing. I, I mean, I I don't necessarily agree. I I think that the AFL do care about the individual player, not so much about the PR. I don't think that that, that if, if if Richmond had have known that Chris Yaron had an issue, they would have probably terminated his contract. If Carlton had known that he had an issue, they probably would have terminated his contract. Then he would have been an unemployed footballer with a drug problem. I don't. I don't think that the fans would forgive a drug issue like they do. Uh, have sympathy for those that have mental health issues and the like. I think. I, I agree that, that drugs, you know, aren't a choice and addiction is a real thing. And I probably more than most understand what addiction can do to people. But I. I. Um, I I think that people absolutely do to get help. But we, just because the Chris Yaron one's to light and, and this is the situation and, and he's he's become addicted to it and found God and he's decided to tell his story in the papers. I, I mean, there, there might be a hundred other instances where the player has got a strike, the AFL has, has counselled them, They've been put into a into a program, and they've they've got help, and they've come out of it the other side, without having their name sullied, and without having their family embarrassed, and without it affecting their ongoing work prospects. I mean, I think the AFL would have done their due diligence on this, and they've they've sought the best advice from the people that that know how to handle this issue much more than what what I know. I mean, I, I'm not an expert in it, but I just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for Chris Sharon, and, and it's awesome that he, he's come out the other side and hopefully he can get his life back on track. Yeah, very interesting perspective. Yeah, well, as I said, I don't want to make, like you said, we don't want to make this purely about the Chris Yaron issue, but it's definitely interesting hearing it from both sides of the perspective. Like, I know the Grill and I don't have the highest opinion of the AFL, but they're not monsters, <laughs> not complete monsters. So I, I'm just hopeful that Chris Yaron gets the help he needs. Because obviously addiction can just not only ruin an individual's life, but also family and friends. So, Yeah, that's it. That's it. So we'll move on to something a little bit more brighter now with the thumbs up, thumbs down section. So my first thumbs up is the form of Ryan Clark and the fact that he's just racking up disposal after disposal. It's fantastic. And my second thumbs up goes to actually Josh Kelly, and not for the reasons that – not for trade reasons anyway – Basically, his archer-like attempt to intercept the ball in front of Josh Kennedy last week, where he got completely cleaned up and still returned to the field and dominated for his team. It, it, that was something else. That was, as I said, archer-like. Thumbs down. My first negative is the re-emergence of the tanking debate. Like, I know we take the piss a little bit with the tanking thing, but really, it's, it's ridiculous. We're not tanking. We've got no one left. And the second negative is probably the last time we'll probably see Lockie Hansen put on a North AFL jumper. He's been a fantastic shinbone. I just don't think he's going to get another contract, which is sad. That's the way it is. Quiv? Um, yeah, just just the, the one each from me. Thumbs up for me is that the season's finally over, man, as it's dragged on and I'll be... Stoked to see the end of this Dusty and Josh Kelly thing. Either way it ends. 
Um, yeah, so I, I'm stuffed. I feel like I've been playing all season, so I'm, I'm ready for an off season. Uh, <laughs> thumbs down, and um, it's only come to light today, but this guy up in Queensland that punted that bloke in the head, I don't know if oh, you've seen yeah. the video of it, but yep. this guy should be in jail for what he's yep. done, and he's been banned for 20 years. This guy, uh, the guy that got kicked, has been concussed. He's... Still trying to recover from it almost a week later. Um, it's absolutely horrific to see something like that in the football field. You don't see it in combat sports, let alone in a sport like football. It's disgusting. I was absolutely shocked when I saw that. Mm. Yeah. Really? Uh, thumbs up. I'll, look, I'll probably reiterate what Chris said as a thumbs up. It's the, it's the end of the year, but... Well, the end of the year brings is the start of the trade free agency period, which I think we're all looking forward to. So that's, that's a big thumbs up from me that that's almost here. And thumbs down is that we've got to uh, hope that we don't win this week. And I hate <laughs> hoping that we don't win. It's not a good feeling. But let's just get through one more week of a small amount of pain and then we've got a lot of game to come. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, thumbs up for me is the naming of Ben Mackay for his first game for the North Melbourne Football Club. I hope it's the first of a, at least 300, um, setting the bar high for him. Uh, thumbs down is the whole trade talk. It's starting to really great on me at the moment. It's um, I know we've joked on this podcast for a number uh, a number of times where it's almost like crack. It's not good for you, but you just keep coming back and I'd be happy to see that, you know, I, I'd be happy to go to sleep and wake up and trade periods over. Mm, I agree. <laughs> it's been a nightmare. <laughs> Moving on to the next segment now with Shimbona and Villain of the Week. So my Shimbona of the Week is... I'm just going to give it to Declan Mountford. I couldn't think of anyone else. Mainly because of he beat three or four St. Kilda tackles. And the amount of poise he showed was ridiculous for a kid his age. And the amount of games he's played and his draft position. It was astounding. And my villain of the week, I know what Phillies is going to be, but <laughs> the draft and trades board for mine, that place is just, as the girl said, a seedy crack then. So, Legreal, Shimbona and Villain of the Week. Uh, Shimbona of the Week. I thought um, I'm going to give it to this particular person for his work over the entire season, and it's Luke McDonald. He just continually shows those attributes that we find in line with or synonymous with being a Shimbona, just that aggression, grunt, whatever superlative you want to throw at him, it's at. So for me, he's my shinboner of this week. Um, villain of the week, Tony Sheehan. For what reason? Oh, just his rubbish. Just his, like, we talk about play, um, we talk about journalists dining out on the... Um, on the successes of their father, and he is dead set the epitome of that. Um, his work on the Brad Scott 
taking a lease of a Gold Coast property is just, it's, you wouldn't even call it troll worthy. It is just the worst of the worst of the worst. If that guy did not have the surname Sheen, you would not be hearing about him. Fair enough. <laughs> Didn't you say a similar thing about Sam McClure and you got yourself in trouble? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and unbelievably, <laughs> somebody has surpassed that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm, without speech, to quote Elaine Bennis. Right, next up, Quiv. Um, so that's be uh, a football-related thing, or can it be big footy? No, it can be big footy, yeah. Good. My shimmer of the week goes to the Richmond board. I absolutely <laughs> want to poke my eyes out when I read it, but, oh my God, it is entertaining. I've <laughs> never seen a bigger bunch of nuffies in my life. And they all congregate on that board. I don't think incredible. you quite get this concept of Shimbo, Nick Weep. Was the High Court Challenge a highlight for, you, for anyone else? Because it was a massive highlight for me. <laughs> it was incredible. So, villain of the week, sorry. I'm sorry, but I had nothing, so that's all I had to go with. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, villain of the week, hey? Let's go to the trade whisperer for the exact same reasons as uh, we'd real <laughs> said about <laughs> Sheehan, because they're the same person. <laughs> and his his tweet the other day, full well knowing he's never going to get a thousand retweets. What oh, an attention-seeking flog! How many? What's he up? Is he, is he up? Is he up to sixty or seventy or something now? Is that what he's up to four hundred or something in the afternoon? Stop it! Who falls for that? <laughs> Rightio. Well, my, my shinboner of the week, it's going to go to a, a, someone that's not a shinboner and it's someone that's not a big footy. It's going to go to, to Greg Baum for the article he wrote in The Age, the cash trap newspaper, on the 18th of August <laughs> about the no pokies North come up aces. Um, oh, it was a ripping article. article. Really good article about the North Melbourne Football Club and it's something that we, uh, we should all be very proud of and we've, uh, we speak about it a lot on our board and I speak about it a lot with people that, that are speak to, but for someone to uh, who's, who's not a North Melbourne person to, to write an article like that and paint us in such a good light was really pleasing, so well done, Greg. And the villain of the week, well, I'm going to go a little bit left of centre and I'm going to nominate myself for villain of the week. <laughs> I've, I've been rightly or wrongly stirring up a bit of trouble on the Richmond board and it's probably, uh, I've upset a few people there, so I'm a bit of a villain, but um, hopefully we can we can fight our way out of it. <laughs> mm, okay. Fair enough. I, was, I thought you'd go somewhere else for that one, but we'll move on. Yeah, I don't know where you thought I was going to go, but I'm going to take the high ground. Which is rare for you. Right, review time. <laughs> Anyone want to touch the review and ramble on for 10 minutes or not really? Not really. We could, we could talk about something else for 10 minutes. So yeah, was, burn the tape. So how's the weather down there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just had that break from uh, in Perth anyway. We've just had this week had that break from winter to autumn. We could um we could review That's... Dustin Martin and Josh Kelly's games. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do it then. Um, <laughs> yeah, Josh Kelly's game was good, wasn't it? It was good. It, it, it was um, considerably better than good. Oh, his last quarter was astounding. 
There's some of this individual What it did was wake any doubters up. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, give him the checkbook and he can write whatever he wants in there. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. What he did yeah. with that Josh Kennedy thing, that was ridiculous courage. Did you, did you um hear that, I think it was, it may have been David King, and if I'm wrong, forgive me, said that it, the only reason why he got hit is because he didn't know what was there and that he wasn't such a hard case as people are making it out to be. Oh, I've got to tell you, much. I, 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 no, I, I kind of agree. I don't reckon he knew that he was there. He, he didn't. <laughs> I, I reckon he was brave because he didn't look to see what was coming. But it didn't strike me as one of those run back with the flight of the ball sort of things at all. Almost struck me as he thought the ball was going to keep going, and he was running to, to make a run, and he didn't realise that Kelly that uh, Kennedy was there. It was brave, no doubt, but and maybe King oversold it a little bit. But I I didn't see it the way that you saw it, K four. But it was still brave. Uh, yeah, well maybe maybe I just didn't look. I've only seen it two times, so you might be right. Well, to be that. honest though, to take that hit and then come back and play. Yeah, no, no that, doubt. Um, yeah. And that in itself is pretty pretty impressive. So, David King used to lay out a few of those, but he never. I don't think he copped too many. He was always pretty good to get out of the way, King. I can always <laughs> just remember that '96 Grand Final. Um, knee into I don't know some Craig O'Brien. Craig so O'Brien. Yeah. So you suggesting that David King's some form of cat? No, no, no. David King's got a cat. One of my favourite <laughs> things that David David King ever did on the football field was actually when the ball was never in his hands. It was the preliminary final in 96, I believe, and they played Brisbane. Would that be right, yes. everyone? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And uh, Craig McRae was running back with a flight of the ball and Mick Martin was screaming out like a train and McRae took two short steps and one off to the side and Martin just ran through the ball and, and kicked it long. And it, and it happened right in front of where we were. And um, David King ran from nowhere to get to Craig McRae to give him shit for pulling out of the contest. And he actually he actually grabbed him by the shorts and pulled the shorts backwards and pointed down in behind his shorts as if to intimate that he had shit himself. <laughs> and the entire crowd roared with laughter. It was it was it was That's a real brilliant. highlight David King moment for me. It was really good. <laughs> Oh, now we've times. gone from Josh Coey review to David King. So anything else <laughs> we want to talk about? <laughs> he yeah. might get suits. Oh, dear. Well, we'll quickly cover the game just because we have to. Okay. So he might send me a very strong-worded PM. So well, if he, he wants to come on. I've if, asked him. He, did, he, he keeps saying no. So I'm, I'm not touching that. So, well, like, he creates something. Well, just speak for the game. I mean, we started pretty well. I think we we competed. We kicked some goals. We looked we looked like we were going to compete with them all day. And and once we got a couple of injuries, we fell away. And they're, they're, I don't think they're they're a great side by any stretch of the imagination. And to only put us away by whatever they did, with us having two blokes that weren't really playing, and with the decimated. Uh, list that we've got, I think that's an indictment on them more than anything about us. So it wasn't that disappointing. It was probably 
just uh, just what we needed. And this week, hopefully, there's a little bit more of the same. Mm. Well, Cunnington, two goals and 36 possessions was pretty... That's that was a great performance, yeah. He's, Man, actually, he's amazing. He is. He's elite now. He's actually properly become consistent enough to be elite. Higgins, 32... McDonald 26, Clark 25, Garner 2 goals and 24. That's what we need. Mount for 20 disposals. Dumont had a bit of a quiet game, but Turner played very well in defence. Atley had a bit of a meh game. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just one of those games, unfortunately. It's sad to see Nielsen go down. That oh. He's putting in some pretty good form. <clears throat> he's showing a bit. But, yeah, it was a bit of a meh game in the end, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it fizzled out once the injuries hit. And I think both teams were pretty much happy to see the end of it, really. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you get crabs like Luke Dunstan getting 32 disposals, you know we're not trying that hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It did look a bit. It, it, it looked like, in terms of the energy of both sides, it looked really flat. And I think, I mean, from what well, I can only really talk about what I've seen from the from the games that we've played. It, it just appears that we are just waiting for the end and we're just playing out the season now where I think the fact that we're having to use third string players to fill positions, it's taken its toll and I think the players have just... They're just hanging out for the end of the season now. Yeah, I agree. Right, uh, well, we'll just move on to the pre. Oh, did anyone see Dusty's game while we're at it? No. <laughs> no, I didn't see any of it. Uh, I no. saw a few turnovers, uh, but mostly good. Yeah, but he's got. I think he's in the top five or something for Clangers, but we've got a few. He's got company down yeah. Zebel in the top ten or twenty. So <laughs> he's all right. In that I think spot. on the just just quickly on Dusty. I mean, we. I think everyone pretty much acknowledges that he's probably top three players in the competition. Yep, agreed. But the, even more than bringing in a top three player in the competition into our club, most of the reason that the North average fan in the street, and even more than that, the North Melbourne fan on big footy really want Dusty is to get right up the Richmond people in their lives. I think. Of course. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be great to bring him in to North, and it'll be awesome, and, and we can't wait to go there and cheer Dusty and, and and all that. That'll be great. But laughing at the Richmond tears will will be all the better for me, anyway. <laughs> I I I got to disagree a touch purely because to me it's all about North, regardless. Like I don't really care about what teams I'm supposed to hate or supposed to like or anything like that. Mm. I just want the best for North. And I think getting Dusty, particularly in the form that he's in, is the best thing for North. That's why I want it to happen yep. and for no other reason. I agree. And in, and in addition to that, it's the combination about getting him and getting the number one pick as well. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I it's a pretty for special offseason. For the kind of guy I am, it's neither here nor there. It's all about what's going to help us win week in, week out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 100%. And it'd be interesting if we do get the double deal, what 
how this all this contract nonsense and all that we can't afford Brown for next year crack comes through. Well, these guys, that, these guys the aren't amateurs though. Like, yeah, the thing is, all the, these idiot Tiger posters and even St Kilda posters to a degree saying, "Oh, you can't afford Brown." Da 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 da. Like, how can you afford all these types of players? This managers aren't amateurs. They're not common yokels on big footy. They know what they're doing. It's not going to screw I think, us. I think in the media it's turning a bit because um, John Ralph was in his little tri- um, chat yesterday was saying that, no, they can do all this because they've got so much space in their cap. Yeah. And I think that's the first time I've actually seen somebody of any media outlet actually address it in a pragmatic fashion, mm. um, which is, you know, at odds with my general feeling about the media, but... Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Well, the only reason why I said it is because I knew you guys would say it. Oh, I was waiting for it. Trust me, I was waiting for it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, I think that what you're saying is 100% correct. You've got, you've got people who are well-versed in the art of constructing a list. And if they don't think that it's sustainable to offer a guy a million and a half dollars a year for seven years, they won't do it. Because if it fucks up, it's on their head. Mm. And they're going to find themselves out of a job very quickly. Yeah. And Cam Joyce, is, mm. he's been pretty good. Uh, outside of the dealings with Hawthorne, he actually hasn't done a too bad a job in identifying what we need, especially that 2014 draft where we picked up guys like Nielsen, Durden, etc. We needed those key position defenders and we smashed it and picked three key defenders. Mm. He's, he's been pretty good in what we need to pick up. Yeah, he might have stuffed up with Anderson, but Anderson's the type of player we need, a speedy inside midfielder. Yeah, he might not work out, but you know, at least we had a crack at that type of player. Mm. Right. Well, so we'll, speaking of Anderson, we we'll, may as well move on to the preview. So he's one of the ins. Lockie Hansen's getting a, probably a farewell game. Benny McKay's coming in. He's named at centre-half forward, though I anticipate he's going to go back. And Aaron Mowat comes in, which is a good in, and Lizzie Thomas comes in. I'm not sure if it's a farewell game. Phil, he disagrees with me on this one. Outs, Taylor Garner with a buggered foot. Hopefully not too bad. De- Nielsen obviously out with that concussion. Bruce, Zeebel, in for surgery. Zerha, buggered back. It's... Yeah, I'm sorry, that's my layman's... Dis- that's as far as I'm going in terms of medical. I, I love it with buggered foot. I hope it's not too bad. The, just the, the, the term buggered makes me feel like it, if it is buggered, then, then there's big problems, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of... <laughs> like if you had a set of sore foot, you know, sore foot sounds far less traumatic than buggered. buggered. Yeah, well, well as, long as, it, as long with Taylor Garner, it's not a hamstring. Yeah, yeah that's true. I can, that's true. I'm not happy, but I can deal with it. I'm loving our ends, gentlemen. I think they're really good ends. I'm I'm happy. I, I think they're going to be. It's going to be fun to watch anyway. Even if we uh, if we if we lose by less than a goal, it'd be an ace. Right. So I know you feel that we're tanking, etc. That's fine. So I don't feel necessarily that we're tanking. I I I'm going to tell you something. I we don't normally play well in Brisbane anyway. I believe that 
Brisbane are playing really well at the moment, even though they haven't won that many games. I believe that they've got a much better midfield in this week than what we've got. We've got a lot of injuries. And I think even if we were doing our darndest to win the game, I don't think that we'd win it. So I don't think that's tanking. That's not tanking. But, but, point but, but that losing. doesn't change the fact that I want to lose. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing, so I'm allowed to want to lose. <laughs> yeah. No, well, my point was originally, well, I was just going to lead into it to where people were going to play because it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> so where's Hanson <laughs> Mackay going to probably play? You reckon Hanson I think McKay, I, I think Mackay plays forward. I mean, we drafted uh, him I reckon. Forward. I reckon, I reckon Mackay um, will take Nielsen's spot essentially, and I think Hanson will have a run-up forward. Yep, I agree with that. I think the opposite. Yeah, wouldn't we want him up forward just to see how he goes? I mean, that's where we're going to need somebody next year. He's played up there in VFL. He's put up games like four or five disposals kind of thing. Then he got injured. Then he came back and played defence, and he's actually played defence. Like, he's picked up 17, 18 disposal games defence, so. I'm not sure yeah. when they did that video of the debut thing they always do, and he goes, "You've Scott said to him, you played very well in defence. You're coming in this week, so yeah, that's a prelude. Okay. I don't know. It sounds like defence to me. I actually spoke to a guy last week that played on him a week ago, and um, he was really impressed with him. He really impressed with the way he runs and the way he moves and his strength, and he he reckons he'll uh, he'll be a player. So he does. Oh, not that, I mean, not that this guy's necessarily an expert, but he he's someone that actually had to run around with him and try to try to outbody him and try to win the ball. And and he he's just, he's a quite a good footballer, this dude, and he he rates McKay very very highly. But yeah, I don't know, mate. I mean, we drafted him as a forward. I, I think that the, the long term plan for him is to play forward. Again, I don't think this week necessarily uh, is going to make us or break us or make or break him. But uh, he might get a run at both ends. Who knows? Yeah, I'd say that's what happened. So if Lockie Lockie you probably do a bit of that as well, knowing him. That's what he's been doing the last three, four weeks in the VFL. Uh, mm. Midfield doesn't look particularly good with all the injuries and all that lovely stuff. So uh-huh. Anderson will probably play inside mid rather than half forward because he goes missing at half forward at AFL level. Well, it's his chance, isn't it, to prove that he's got something. Otherwise, he's in for a long stint in the VFL next year. And that's what it imagine he has, like imagine me, he has yeah. 46 disposals, five goals, and win by a point. Well, I said that he's going to win us the game. It's, it's going to be really make all the people hate him. I'm going to absolutely hate him even more. Because <laughs> <laughs> ideally, he's our cruise goal that fast inside mid that that can actually rack up the field. That's what we're looking for. We don't have that type of mid. That's what uh, we're cruise Garlet. Well, I, I, I like Cruz Garlet. I thought he's a good good enough player for us. I know he had his issues, wow, etc. But I think he can be that type of player that you know that speedy inside mid, not particularly big, but. Just picks up the field, kicks a couple of goals a week. Looking at the teams, how awesome is it to see Luke McDonald in the centre? Named in the centre. I think that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Sorry about the song. Obviously, obviously, you either disagree or agree. But... No, we agree. It's just one of those things of, yeah, we can't say overall, really. I agree. Sorry, sorry I, I do agree. I, I do, I I do agree, but I was quickly Googling Cruz Garlet to see some of his stats. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was looking for my wedding ring. 
32 games, nine goals. But yeah, I, I, get, I get the comparison. I just hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about Cruz Garwood in a long time. Oh, he was one of my favourites. So I always pick up a favourite over the years. That like I think Troy Manning just day. was the one before him. That I was he. Yeah. Jeremy Clayton was my unfounded favourite. Jezza. He could, he could have been awesome, I reckon. No, really? Yeah, he's just that kind of player I like, that just scrappy sort of... I, well, I used to go watch as a play at, uh, in North Ballarat when he was there before he went to North Melbourne quite a bit. Um, what, what about... If you if you liked Cruz Garlett, were you a big Jaron Wyman fan as well? Okay, well I didn't say enough of him. Yeah, that's, that's the sad thing. Scotty, Scotty Wiper was a huge fan of him from memory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was too, actually. Now, now I'm trying to recall that. When was he on a well, list back in 2011 or something, wasn't it? Oh, two, 2007. He only played three games. Oh, that's yeah, right. I thought he played yeah, more than I'm that. thinking of Cruz. Yeah, oh, jeez. Anyway, we're right off the track now. <laughs> oh, no, that's what happened. That's how exciting this match is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do we have anything to add? Like, obviously, matchups will. The other podcast all... gets Tim Rogers, Hamish McIntyre. And we're talking about <laughs> we guys talking like about Chris Garland. <laughs> and we start talking about shit that we can't even remember. <laughs> this is quality. Oh, lock this it is, in. This is what you pay I'm for, so ladies and gentlemen. Quality of the highest sort. I, th- I think on the background of this week's podcast, we need a picture of Jaron Wyman, if we can organise <laughs> yes, that, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, dear. What are we going to do? Right, we may as well move on to the carriages because I, everyone knows, look, because it's Gabba, I think that would be oh, that bad. So. <laughs> God's sake, Quinn. We're going to finish last <laughs> half away. We just need to lose. That's it's all right. <laughs> right, I will. Look, if we do it bad enough, the AFL might give us a priority pick. Oh, <laughs> so is this, the, is this carriage time? Is this what we're doing now? Yes, yeah, so we'll move on to carriages because we're talking about tanking again. <laughs> so any I've got one. Beams is the one for me. He's a dump truck. On, you, are you ready for mine? I, I think mine's going to be impressive. I think people are going to like this. Ryan Bastanak. Yep. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. The perfect right. game for it. Just step anyone up and go, this is what you could have had. <laughs> like, mate, nothing <laughs> game. All right, anyone else that come? Josh Ryan Lester. Uh, yeah. I don't Purely mind. Purely because that's the only other name that I can remember apart from what's been mentioned. I'm sorry. No <laughs> Do you know who else had set right up for? Set right up for that Reese Matheson dude. To, like yeah. kick five goals in a match where no one gives a shit and he celebrates like he's won the yeah. Olympic or, or match winner from the dark. Yeah. And that's Josh Walker. Yeah, yeah he's a good one. Back. Yeah, he could. Oh, he'll he's perfect for that. They've got oh, a few. They they're full of them. But they've got some Nick, good youth and Nick look, they're, they're on the Robert. right track as a club, Brisbane, which is what they need in Queensland. They need to get rid of Gold Coast firstly. To give all those resources back to Brisbane, oh, yeah. and they need to shut that place down. It's just it's not productive. For points <laughs> Speaking of Gold Coast, just quickly, <laughs> Gary Ablett pulled out two hours after teams were named. Yeah, Gary Ablett's out. What yeah. a prick! He's Jeez. been such a dickhead about this. Oh, I agree. He really is. <laughs> I agree. 
Oh, he's being very selfish. Oh, this is Sorry. a fun podcast. We're talking about Gary Ablett in our preview. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, but he is dead set Dude. being a fuckhead. Like, <laughs> right on, big fella. No, oh. don't big fella me. <laughs> he's just like, okay, he's on the Bitcoin. I understand that he's having massive issues at home, and I feel for him. But you don't, don't just sound like ch- you feel for him. <laughs> no, but don't just pick and choose. <laughs> you just turn up and play. <laughs> you just called him a massive f head. I know that you're feeling for him. Well, I, I agree he's with. Kind you. of shirking his responsibilities, isn't he? Is he, he on, if, if he wants to go back home and tend to his family. He could could have said halfway through the season, look, situation's so bad that I need to go now and just be unavailable for the rest of the the rest of the yeah, uh, but then, yeah. But then the problem becomes people then because that becomes a story. What situation is so bad? So then they start writing articles about his sister or he goes down there and starts following his sister around. I mean it it's not well, like the club can come out and say this is a Purely a family issue. And Maybe again, my people are going to want to look into that. Yourselves. See ya. And I, I just think the way he's gone about it in this whole situation has been a bit less than optimal. Yeah, you're probably right. It is, and that's I agree. What I'm saying. That's why I'm saying that he's being a bit of a dick about it. <laughs> I feel for him that he's had this itch situation come to light. I just think he could have handled it a hell of a lot better as opposed to, I mean, yes, their season's over, but, you know, people pay their money to see him. I mean, he's their draw card. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think we can't forget either. His his father was uh, right out there. He's one of the most bizarre humans that have, that have <laughs> yeah. played professional sport. He's, uh, his, bro- his brother was a premiership player and then kind of went a bit weird as well. And he's, there's, obviously, there's obviously issues there. I mean, I, I don't know, mate. He was a, he's been a super footballer. He's been fun to watch. But, you know, I think they should, they should just cut their losses there and let him go, to be honest with you. Yeah, if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. Yeah. Just it's simple as yeah, But I think at the same time, I don't think it's fair that they're put in the as a club. Like, I don't think that Gold Coast should have a sports club of any, well, any national level, anyway. But it, like, they have committed to him. They have given him everything. It's a bit unfair that they're just going to have to take cents on the dollar to basically ensure that he's okay. Like, I don't think Geelong should, if, if he wants to go to Geelong, I don't think it should be a case of Geelong just, you know, holding him over a barrel. I think they should deal in good faith, and I think that Gary Ablett should perform in good faith until such time as he's no longer paid by... The Gold Coast. I just think it's a bit of a sad situation. Mm. Right, we'll finish up on that cheerful note. Not. 
Um, <laughs> 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 I like I like to thank the grill quiz and Fiddy Roo for coming on and creating this. <laughs> Whatever it is. I'm not sure if it's a North, North podcast or anything. There will be a season review in the later trades podcast, and that which will be the last shows for the year, and we'll be back obviously next year for a pre-season show. As I said, I'd like to thank the Grill. Thank you. With no worries, thank you. And Philly for coming on. No worries, mate. Just quickly, I'll just get a little parting shot on that Tigers podcast. Anyone that <laughs> listens to that knows how crap they are. That fool talking to like he's he knows every single rumor that's ever happened, and he's got all these inside sources. He can go and get stuffed. I can't wait till Dusty signs with us because we're all going to laugh at you, you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> and that one passes the square filter yet again. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another edition of the Stern Book. Bye.